much we have a quorum. Um, I think I can hand over to you uh, when you are ready, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Morning, everybody. Um, morning to our members. Um, morning to the Department um, of Education, Western Cape, uh, which is led, I think, is led by the HOD, right? And I have an understanding that there are also members of the community that we will be dealing with that have joined us in the meeting. And morning to our support staff as well. Um, we are coming from many long weekends. Um, we are still a bit tired. We are coming from church, some of us. So <clears throat> our voices are still shaky and horsey. But um, nonetheless, um, can you do a um, roll call, Llewellyn? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I have yourself, Honorable Binka Vigaba, present. I have Honorable Lexie. I have Honorable Nodada, Honorable Van der Valt, uh, Honorable Lobo, and uh, Dr. Boschoff, currently present, Chairperson. Uh, apologies from, from, uh, from the department. I've received for both Minister and Deputy Minister. Unfortunately, they have to be in a Cabinet meeting. This morning, I also have uh, an apology for Mr. Mueli, who is currently on leave, Chairperson. Uh, I know Dr. Whittle, who uh, was uh, acting, may not be able to join us, and the delegation will be led by Mrs. Uh, Kaya. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, um, members. Can you can you assist with flight of the agenda, Llewellyn? I will do so right now, Chairperson. Uh... We are supposed to be dealing with the petition that comes from Narapuzukars um, to the Department of Western Cape um, Education about the Siakuchat Primary School. Um, and then after that, we will have the policy, I mean, the, the portfolio committee deliberations and engagements. And then um, we would then go to the minutes of the of the 19th um, of April. Can I then check um, the hands for the adoption of the agenda? I move for the adoption of the agenda today. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, good morning. You are seconding. Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, everybody. My name has not changed. I second the... Recording in much. progress. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, at this point, I think we would give um, 
like how we normally deal with petitions. We would let's see, is Kelly Yes, apologies, Chair. Oh, okay. At this point, we will deal with the with this petition so that we don't really waste time. I'm I'm going to to give. I, I, I believe we 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 had an opportunity to read um through the the petition the content from um Honorable Sukers, but but anyway, I am going to give her an opportunity. Fortunately, Honorable Sukers is the member of this committee, um. So we are going to give her an opportunity to just take us through. And then after that, um, we are going to allow the department to also make a presentation. <clears throat> and then after that, we are going to engage um, with both the, the presentation from both um, uh, Honorable Sukers and the department. Honorable Sukers. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you to the committee as well. Um, if I can just ask Llewellyn's um, assistance, I will be flighting the presentation. Thank you, Chair. Um, I will start immediately, um, and I just want to acknowledge the presence of the community of Siakuchat's representatives that very early this morning left Siakuchat to be in Otsorn in order for them to uh, form part of these deliberations before the committee. Um, Chair and the committee, many times I know um, as a portfolio committee member, not only of basic education, um, but of three other um, uh, committees that I serve on, that we get overwhelmed with policy that gets presented to us in policy frameworks. Um, and these policy frameworks and policy that is presented by the departments many times um, can be like the tail wagging the dog and not the other way around. As public representatives, the issue or the reality of policy in real time is what we know as we work in our communities. And this case, Siakuchat Fiacheka Primary School presents a unique opportunity um, for me to address the committee on three areas that I think vital for us in transforming South Africa and specifically education. And the one is the issue of where policy um, is made um, at a macro level, but at a, the micro level where the poorest live is not um, um, consulted. And then secondly, in terms in the area of innovation, when you have limited resources and you have existing infrastructure, like in this case, Siakuchat Primary, and um, the education as a whole and the opportunities that it presents for communities, and certainly as the presidential address, um, the opportunity for innovation and to create um, job uh, job creation in every sector of our society. That's the second point. Um, the third point is that um, we cannot, uh, without um, consulting the very people who policy and frameworks are meant to benefit, we cannot um, um, exclude them from that process. And these three elements is very um, evident in the case of Siakuchat um, today. And I hope that members will see the, the glaring gaps, as I've highlighted here, um, in this case that we are going to present to you. A part of the third point of the gaps that we should notice is the fact that 
We um, Departments work in isolation of each other, and many times legislation or policies are drafted in isolation rather than in an integrated approach. And this case highlights the issues of rural development and rural education and how and, and the agricultural sector as a um, as a um, a rich uh, opportunity uh, a rich opportunity sector for for job creation and we need to look at siakuhat within that context um so let me start immediately um with the presentation um i am not sure um Yuluwellen, if you can just help by moving the so that we move into the uh, with the next slide because uh, you are sharing, uh, you are, should be able to. Uh, I can't do it from my. There we go. I think you've moved it now. It moved, yes. Um, one of the key things that has driven me, um, members, um, in everything that I have done, and one of the things that really speaks to me as a small a farm girl, because I grew up on a farm, is a quote that many years ago I was introduced to that was made by the then um, president, uh, the first lady of the United States, Eleanor Roosevelt. It says, when, after all, do universal rights begin? It begins in small places close to home, so close and so small that they cannot be seen on any maps of the world, yet they are the world world of the individual person and the neighborhood he lives in. Siakuhat Primary School, Fiegeka Primary, is such a place. That community forms part of War II. Um, it is a community that is in between the Rist and Beaufort West. The nearest alternate school is Beaufort West, which is approximately 90 kilometers away. This is a deep rural community. And the parents of these learners are, are predominantly landless farm workers living on ice isolated farms that are um, the, the nearest road to the farms are 55 kilometers away. Uh, to the school is 50 and to the nearest road is 55. The school has been in existence for over 115 years. And one of the people that are sitting on the platform, um, sitting, uh, listening in, is a fourth generational learner um, of, of, of Siakuchat. Her father used to be um, a learner or part of the very first learners at Siakuchat. And the very and their records indicate in 1968, you still get folders of 1968 when learners were um, admitted to what was then a mission school. Um, so when we look at um, Siakuchat, it is a uh, it consists of a, a dormitory, it's got a number of classrooms, it's really a well-kept um of um, infrastructure and, and a well-kept school. Uh, it is a public school on private property and it serves the nearby farms um, that is around the school. And again, these farms are so far apart uh, from each other and so far apart from the school and from roads that the only means of transport really is with a four by four if you own one. And most of the time, these um, um, farm workers are traveling by donkey cart um, to visit farms and to visit even the school. So the community consists of farm workers that earns between 2,000 and 5,000 um, rand um, a month. 
And to give you context, if I say 2,000 to 5,000 rand a month, many times this is not a salary that you just receive in your bank account, but there are deductions, um, living expenses that gets taken off. So when I say 5,000 rand, it is not just 5,000 rand being paid into your account, but also it makes up of other living expenses. If you've lived on a farm, um, maybe you, you, you would have um, a picture of what that means, because you buy from the farmer, you buy, um, you know, for for your living expenses, and then whatever is left off, you get paid. So that makes part of your package, um, so to speak. I just have a problem with my um, with my presentation. It seems that it doesn't move. So I'll go um, forward with a story of of Siapukhat. Um That would be the next slide. If members have copies of the of it on their own. Um, on their Honorable own device. Honorable speakers, yes. if you can stop your sharing, and then I will try and uh, share it from my side. At my yeah, I've stopped. yeah, I've stopped it. <clears throat> Thank you, Llewellyn. There we go. So if you can keep it to uh, the story of Siakucha, that is the slide that I'm on. I'll switch off the video for um, just for the moment so that I um, then, in terms of the, the story of, of, of Siakuchat, um, I just want to, to add to that. So in terms of the school itself, it currently has, um, in the briefing document that I've sent to, to uh, members, it's got under 20 learners. The reality is we've got 27 learners today at that school. Um, and they we have 20, under 20 learners that has requested conditional exemption from school attendance at a registered school on condition that they are that they can attend um, the school at Siakuchat. Um, and also for members in terms of, and, and this can happen in terms of section four of the South African Schools Act, um, independent schools with under 20 learners cannot legally register in the way, in the Western Cape. So this places the school in a, in a bit of a gray area. Um, I've said to members that Siakuchat has a very well-established infrastructure and in a very good condition. It has extensive facilities. It's got a computer lab. It's got catering facilities. It's got hostel am uh, amenities, and it is a fully functional school. Um, and one of the critical um, issues, that, uh, uh, functions that the school currently uh, pro um, uh, provides to the community, and this is where the slide comes in context matters, um, it provides an informal place of safety. Now, members, I service this communities. This is one of my constituencies. During the Children's Amendment Bill public hearings, submissions painted a grim picture of the increase in vulnerability of children in the Karoo. Yesterday, in preparation for this, I work consistently with um, DSD on cases in the Karoo, as well as with Asia Fiafia. And I can tell you, not from a far away perspective, but from a real-time perspective, because I work in this area of what happens in Beaufort West, Prince Albert, and Oatshorn. We have a high crisis of high school dropouts in Central Karoo. 
And the, the Western Cape Education Department must know the statistics and what the drivers of the school dropout is in that region. If they can provide it to us today, it would be very good. If they don't, then I would suggest that they need to um, 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 give us a, a real-time uh, picture of how what it looks like. There is a rapid rise, and I, I pulled some statistics from Asia Fear Fear, in order to give members a, a, a very short um, um, screenshot of how it looks like in the Karoo for uh, child um, for child neglect and, and vulnerability cases. Their stats just in the first quarter, 161 cases reported. Of those cases that has been reported, 102 of the cases were serious enough for safety plans to be developed, meaning there was very good grounds that the child um, was in danger and that the child needs to be um, placed in a place of safety. What people has been doing informally in, in, in Siakuhat and those areas, People are taking children out of Prince Albert that has dropped out of school. They bring them to Siakuhat because of the fact that it is remote. It provides a protective environment for children to be in. Um, you can move to the next slide. So usually the, these children are then placed on a, on a, on a basic regular care basis um, at Siakuhat. So this is the context in which this little school exist and uh, the, it, also the context of the social circumstances that exist within the claim Karoo. And it speaks again to what I said, the broader issues of policy development and the issue of um, a macro uh, view and a micro view, what is actually happening when we implement policies in an environment and we do it from an office in Cape Town and the people live in the Karoo with the real realities. This um, I, I want to, to bring to, um, to notice of the committee so that they have a full picture. Now, in terms of the closing of Siakuhat, I called it the classic tale because I keep on seeing this, uh, members. I've seen it with the Children's Amendment Bill public hearings, and one of the um, most profound inputs was from one of the child um, advocacy groups that spoke of how um, we make laws or policies or frameworks, we put it together and we dump it together um, without actually knowing what is happening in other departments or how that specific policy or law speaks to laws that are being developed in other departments. So I want to say these are the issues that I want to highlight that this case highlights for me very succinctly. Um, it highlights the siloed and one size fits all approach adopted by government departments. And I will ask members to look at the briefing document on page three, um, where we outlay in terms of the rights of children um, and the public participation process um, that needs to be adhered to for an effective engagement. The department will today give us a, a presentation in reply to what the in reply to this petition. I trust that members will be able to see the glaring gaps that exist. Number one, it, uh, the siloed approach and the one size fits all approach. I mentioned that this is a small school in the middle in the middle of what we call nerens and errands, as you would say in Afrikaans. It's a small school there. 
You cannot just take a policy and adopt it and throw it um, into the living reality of a community without you understanding the context within which that community live. Secondly, the rights of children to be heard and their views to be considered in the political processes that affects them has been totally ignored. There has been no consultation with children throughout the entire process. And according to the, the, the rights of children, the right to family or parental care in section 28, 1B of the Bill of Rights states that every child has the right to family care or parental care. And care as defined in the Children's Act includes the guiding, directing, and securing the child's education and upbringing, including religious and cultural education and upbringing in a manner appropriate to the child's age, maturity, and stage of development. I want to put it to the, to the committee. When I had a, my very first community meeting with Siakuchat, one of the omas of the children stood up, grandmothers, and she said, why can the department not allow our children to be strong enough before they send them far away from home, far away from their community? And this speaks to that. The removal of children to a remote school the, the department is moving these kids to Teska Gedenk Primary School in Beaufort West. I want to put it to, the, to our uh, committee. These parents live and don't have means to get to Beaufort West to see their children. These are children that are from the ages of um, six years old, um, grade, grade uh, one, up until the age of um, the grade seven. So if you look at what it means for a child of that um, level of maturity to go into that environment. I want to remind of what we heard in the Northwest, how children that comes out of rural gets placed into the dorpy or the townships and how those children um, fall out of the system because they cannot adapt. The, the, the third uh, point that I want to make, and, and again, there's a a full-on brief around the process and the decisions that the department has, has made that did not take into account the factors that constitute the best interest of children. Um, and, and we put it before the, com the, com the, the committee. Um, the continued closure of Siekuchat will isolate children from their families and their community. I want to say this word in Afrikaans because this community is Afrikaans. Verfriemd. When we close these small schools and we take children into a new environment where they are far away from the communities that they grew up in, what we are causing is an estrangement to happen emotionally and certainly from a values perspective. And so the broader strategy of comprehensive rural develop, development has not been considered and neither has the right of the, the family, parents, and the right of the child has not been considered. The final point on the slide that I want to make is around the failure to ensure an effective public participation process through effective engagement. When um, the Western Cape Education Department um, um, came to, to see um, the community, you need to understand our community first of all. Um, our people do not speak um, what, uh, as, what uh, as Auntie Beatrice, the SGB member that is sitting on this, has explained to me. 
Ons verstaan nie geleerde Afrikaans nie. So when people come and, and you invite them into a, a public participation process, the community felt that they, cons- that they were spoken to in a top-down approach, what I would call, and you and I would call a top-down approach. For them it was, they had very geleerde mense, educated people who came and told them what to do with their children with a little regard for the concerns that after that meeting that they have raised. This community appealed. They appealed to the Western Cape um, um, Education Department. They made their concerns known as we have put it in the briefing document. Little consideration was given for this. You can move to the next slide, um, Llewellyn. In terms of policy development and implementation, it should be representative of the interest of the poor. And this is not in the interest um, of the poor. The the W, um, the Western Cape Education Department has applied, in our view, a narrow focus and failed to consider the implication of school closure within the context of the unique environment, as I explained, and through the lens of integrated solutions that would include social and rural development within the agricultural sector. There is only one place of safety, YCC, in central Karoo, only one. And the capacity of that, um, the capacity of that uh, YCC at the moment is 30 children. There is no other place of safety or or youth and care center for vulnerable children. And I have explained, and if I bring the Provincial Social Development Department, the RCFF before this committee today, they will stand in unison to say that you cannot close a place, leave an infrastructure that can potentially be used much wider than the narrow focus that is being applied here. It exposes again the lack of innovative solutions to maximize limited resources, such as infrastructure to address a workable solution that speaks to the needs of the community. When I want to, uh, if the committee would just allow me, go back to uh, the issue of, uh, um, uh, of, of, of effective participation. There were no alternatives given to the parents before the opening of school this year. We were in our, on our oversight in Free State when I got a call to say that the school is, the, the children are back at school because the parents has refused to send their children to any other school. But secondly, there was no communication with these uh, with this community to ensure that they knew what other um, viable options were open to them. None of that. So the district on that day when I called um, went to, to the school only after we told them, parents are at that school, you have not properly consulted, and it is evident because today that those parents are in protest standing at that school because their kids are going to that school. And secondly, you have never communicated to them after you have told them that the school is closed. Um, You can move to the next um, slide. This community is a poor community, I've said um, to the committee, but this is not a dependent um, um, community. If you understand the psyche of the people in the Karoo, it is especially especially Siakuchat. They have kept the school open 
in protest against the, the Western Cape Education Department. They have mobilized and facilitated in order to ensure that their children will eat uh, because the department flat out refused to assist us to keep at the very least the, the, um, the National School Nutrition Program open for the school. They, they want the school to be reopened. They want at least temporary teaching, supervision and care at the school while discussions take place with the department on the future of the school and the alternatives that, that they are considering. Um, they want a resumption of the school feeding. The school assets owned by, w, by the Western Cape Education Department for it not to be removed um, it, because it would literally be impossible for them to restart the school or to get the interest of third party backers. Now, I want to stop at the last point because this community drove all the way from Oatswan to come and see the department with me. And we came down, we made the, the, the case of the community as we are doing it now with, 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 the, with the committee. We asked there for the department not to do a strong arm, to not to um, strong arm the community by removing um, the, the, the equipment, but to give them appropriate time in order for them to come up with a workable solution. And the department failed to do that. We literally had an apartheid style um, removal of property that was um, initiated by the department with a, with a threat of the police, with children outside the school and the district officials who failed in their process dismally, now having a Stalingrad um, approach by forcing the community to say they want all the equipment of the department. So we, we are asking this committee to support the community of, of um, Siakuchat in their desire to seek an innovative solution for them and for their children and specifically for the claim Karu and to think within the wider framework of rural development. I want for the committee to consider the following. The, I asked the department, the national department for the rural education policy. And I can say to the committee, the rural education policy environment is underdeveloped and, it, and we need to increase our oversight of the policy development process. Right now, um, 3000 rural schools have been closed in the last three to five years. Schools under 135 learners are considered non-viable by the department and the provincial education departments, and they are closed. And learners are sent to consolidated mega schools. Yet, there is no research. There is no research on um, what drives um, the high school dropout in those uh, rural areas. There's no research, as you can see with Siakuchat, certainly, there has been no social environmental assessment, impact assessment made. Um, so we sit in an education policy environment that is underdeveloped. And it is our role as parliament to do proper oversight over the department and not allow the, the tail to wag the dog. We know what the, rea rea the reality is on the ground. We live in our rural communities. We know what the pressures are when parents are being removed a need to move for the sake of job opportunities or for the sake of getting a better education for their children. They need to move into townships, dorpies, 
They need to move in there. And, and many times these people are left with very little um, options in terms of, 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 of shelter, home shelter. The school closure processes need to be amended to get community buy-in and to meet the constitutional standards. And research into rural and education and the impact of school closures is needed. There are unexpected consequences of policy, and I've highlighted that in my very first point. And those are the socioeconomic assessments that must be done in order for policies to be done in, with, uh, for, in order for consequences of policies to be properly considered. We have in that community, if I can give you an idea, we have um, a lot of parents that are under 35. And the agriculture sector, as I said in the beginning of this presentation, is the one sector where there is opportunity for skills development, for land ownership. Why are we not integrating this into the rural education framework? And you have an opportunity here, um, the department and the community, for us to empower the community to work with the department to develop solutions, not in isolation, but with the with a policy framework and policies that is that is um, steeped into the real time realities on the ground, there is a lot of opportunity here. And if the committee should receive a report back um, on 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 the progress made on these, these are the considerations. Llewellyn, if you can just indicate if I have another, um, I think that is my last slide, um, committee members, and just. Um, it, lastly, I want to say that if, if these considerations in terms of policy framework and the closing of, of, of rural schools is not properly considered, we are contributing to the breakdown of culture and values um, of our children. And we have seen such a great example in the free state with that beautiful school. If it is done right, how we can create wholesome, wholesome solutions that will work for rural communities. I am speaking to my colleagues here, and I know that you know the ground. And I want to say, consider the plight of the people of Siakuchat by coming around this community and also broadly. Let this case be a, a tale for us as um, lawmakers that oversee policy, that we demand that policies be considered properly, not just at the macro level, but at the micro level as well. And that the poorest people that are meant to benefit from these policies be properly engaged because that is their rights as South Africans in a democratic dispensation. And lastly, that, the, that there be an integration of local, provincial and national um, government departments on bringing solutions to communities and not having a siloed one size fits all approach because we can do so much more if we take the infrastructure that is there in these rural communities and put it inside the broader context of both the social needs of communities as well as the educational needs of our children. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Sugars? Yes, Chair. You are done.
Yes, yes, chair. Yes, chair. Can I allow the department to give us a presentation? Thank you, Master. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, my name is uh, Archie Lewis. I'm the acting head of the department. Um, and uh, I will deal with one of my other colleagues with the presentation. Uh, is the presentation flighted? I just want to check. It is, Mr. Lewis. Okay, thank you very much. Chair, what we are going to do is basically to provide you with the process that unfolded where it started with the school and uh, until such time that uh, the school was closed and, and uh, what perhaps ensued during this, this year. Chair, is, is someone else meddling with my presentation? Uh, Mr. Lewis, yeah, it's, it's, that, it's, is, is that Mr. Brown? Uh, Mr. Lewis, I, I, I am on the second slide which starts with vision. You just need to indicate to me when I need to shift on my slides because you cannot do it from your side. Okay, okay, you can you can carry on uh, with the vision. The vision of the department is is basically uh, quality education for every child in every school in every classroom in the province. That is what the WCED is striving for. This presentation, Chairperson and members of the, of the Portfolio Committee will deal with those 13 points, the conditions for an administrative decision, the legislation guiding school closures and mergers, the conditions for school closure, the minister's intention to close a school, the reason why the school is uh, has been identified for closure, uh, national's position around small unviable schools, the public consultation process that unfolded, and then finally the minister's decision to close the school. And after that, how as a department we manage the assets and the resources of the school. And then during this year, we had a meeting with honorable Sukers and uh, uh, and the delegation, and uh, recently we provided Honorable Sukers with a, a letter regarding certain issues that she raised in the letter. And uh, then also we just want to reflect a little bit on the process of registering an independent school. I will now ask my, my colleague, Mr. Jankis, just to take us through a few slides, and then I will come in again at the end of this presentation, Chair. Thank you. Mr. Jankis. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, Chairperson. Good morning, uh, members. Uh, of the portfolio committee and uh, good morning to the people from Sekuhat uh, and uh, all other uh, people listening in. Uh, Mr. Brown, shall we continue to the next uh, slide, please? Uh, how do I get this thing away now? 
Well, the Western Cape Education Department, uh, sorry, Mr. Brown, there's a, a black uh, line here on the side. They just wanted to be removed. I don't know how. You must minimize it, Mr. Jankis. Okay, sorry. Thank you. The Western Cape Education Department considers the closure and or merger of schools under its auspices to be an administrative action based on the definition of administrative action as enshrined in the promotion of Administrative Justice Act. Based on the point one, the WCD is accurately aware that such decisions must be made under an empowering provision, i.e. the decision must be lawful can't take just a decision, we, the decision must be lawful. It also means that the WCD as a juristic person is aware that any administrative action taken that affects a person must be procedurally fair. So on the, from the onset, I want to state that uh, the process was, uh, it was followed, was lawful and procedurally fair. By operation of the law stated in PIA under Section 232B1, the WCD understands what procedurally fair means, adequate notice of the nature and purpose of the proposed administrative action must be given, that was done, a reasonable opportunity must be given to make representations, that was done uh, to the community and to the uh, governing body, a clear statement of the administrative action must be given, that was also done, adequate notice of any right of review of internal appeal where applicable and adequate notice of the right to request reasons. Next slide, Mr. Brown. Thank you. Shall we go to the next one, uh, Mr. Brown? Any decision or administrative action must have an enabling and or empowering provision, i.e. it must be lawful. So if I go, can uh, just jump to number two. Section 33, uh, subsection 1 of SASA states that a member of the Executive Council may, by noticing the Provincial Gazette, close a public school. That is the empowering provision to close the school, which has been used in this uh, case. Next uh, slide, Mr. Brown, please. So SASA Section 33, uh, uh, subsection 2 states that the member of the Executive Council may not close the school unless he, she has, one, informed the SGB of his uh, intention so to act and the reasons <coughs> or such. This was done granted the SGP a reasonable opportunity to make representations to him uh, in relation to such action. Uh, as stated, this was also done, conducted a public hearing on reasonable notice to enable the community to make representations to her in relation to such and given due consideration to any such representations received. The uh, C and D, these uh, points were also done. The MEC signed a letter on the 19th of August 2020 directed at the chairperson of the governing body of primary school, of, of Siakukhat Primary School, indicating her intention to close said school by the 31st of December 2020. The chairperson signed acknowledgement of receipt of the letter on 3 September 2020. If I can just go to the next uh, page, you can see there the signature of the, of the chairperson. Having uh, uh, received the the letter acknowledging of receipt, and if you look at point eleven, there so geen vertoe of communicatie van die beheerlegam van die school ontvang word die die datum en tyd na tyd waarna in paragraaf 7 hierboven verwees word nie, 
sal ek aanvaard by jylle gaan verkies om geen vertoon hierdie verband aan met te rig nie. So, hierdie goed, these things were done. Next page, uh, uh, Mr. Brown. So, the reasons stipulated in said letter, the school had a learner enrollment of 19 learners. It must be noted the school has had dwindling enrollment numbers from 2016 when the school had 34 learners. And these, these numbers were steadily coming down, uh, reaching 19 in uh, 2020. The school offered the curriculum from grade 1 to 6. Grades 1 to 3 is what we call the foundation phase, and grades 4 to 6 is they called the intermediate, intermediary phase. It is thus clear that multi-grade classes were offered in one class group at the school from grade 1 to grade 6. There were no prospects that the school would experience learner growth in the immediate future. No, no, no prospects. Most of the parents of the learners work on the local farms, but they constantly migrated to nearby towns for better work opportunities. The school had two classrooms that could accommodate about 80 learners with a capacity of 80, but an occupancy rate of about 17.5%. It was not feasible. In terms of the regulations relating to minimum uniform norms and standards for public school infrastructure, the school is considered a micro-primary school, as uh, Honorable uh, Suka has indicated, with a capacity of less than 135 learners. The school could not fulfill its financial obligations to its creditors, like the food suppliers, and could also not afford to pay its hostel staff. School was in arrears with the payment of their salaries, which is a risk. The school had one substantive post on the educator staff establishment for the 19 learners. This educator who also served as the principal of the school was appointed on a contract basis with end date of 31st December 2020. It was not educationally sound for one educator to teach nine learners over two bands. It means the foundation band or the foundation phase and the intermediary phase, as well as over six classes or grades. And on top of that being the school principal, because that person has to do all the uh, duties that the principal has to do. It was also not economically viable and justifiable for a school to have a ratio of one educator to only 19 learners, where the great majority of primary schools have an educator-learner ratio that tends to 1 is to 40. This is not in line with the department's affordable basket uh, of post. In fact, I just want to stand still here for a second. At this point, for a second, it is, it is, it is, if, if we, if we look at it, if we have one teacher for 19 uh, learners, we can just imagine the country will not be able to, to afford so, such small classes. These such small classes will not be afforded. It is not uh, possible. If I look at our budget that we have at this moment, it means we will need about, uh, 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 about another 20 billion rand just to have such small classes. And hence, it is, it is not economically viable, neither justifiable. Next uh, slide, Mr. Mr. Learners at road at the school could be placed appropriately at Teskegedenk Primary School, Prince Albert Primary School, or Classroom uh, Primary School. Uh, the schools mentioned in point 12 had ample accommodation available to accommodate 
the learners of Sekukat Primary School. Teska Gedeng Primary School uh, had a fully equipped hostel in which learners could be accommodated if required. These were all the, the reasons uh, uh, offered why uh, the school had to be closed. Uh, next uh, slide, Mr. Brown. The three receiving schools offered monograde classes also at suitably qualified educators and learners who benefit from a wider range of extracurricular and co-curricular activities. I just want to uh, go back to the uh, vision of this department. We want uh, quality education for each child in every classroom in each school in this province. And it is not possible uh, to have so uh, 19 learners in one class where there's two specific phases in the class as well as six different class groups in the class. The teacher cannot give uh, proper attention to all those learners. It is not educationally sound to have uh, such a, to, to perpetuate such a situation. The learners would have been included in the learner transport schemes and roads available, applicable in the area and or they could reside in the hostel. Next slide, uh, Mr. Brown, please. The national position. In terms of Section 5A1A of SASA, the Minister of Basic Education published regulations relating to minimum uniform norms and standards for public school infrastructure on the 29th of November 2013, in which a primary school of less than 125 learners is declared a micro-primary school. In the document, standard parameters for closure and merger of micro-public schools, version 1, draft 2, date the 25, March 2017 of the Department of Basic Education, it is stated in point 3.1 that only schools classified as micro-schools should be considered for closure. It goes further in sub point two, where it states if the learner enrollment figure is more than 20%, a formal request for approval, it must be submitted to the MEC for closure. So by implication, if I go to the next slide, uh, Mr. Brown, please. By implication, where the LAF is equal to or less than 20%, it is not really necessary to do the formal process. However, the WCD honors the process prescribed in SASA. So uh, we do whatever we do in line with what SASA prescribes. The 19 learners at the school were less than 20% of 125, and 20% of 125 is 27 learners. Further, the DBE published a document, Terms of Reference for a Rationalization, Closure and Merger of Small and Non-Viable Schools. The document states that the aim of the project of rationalization is to improve quality of education expedite the resourcing of schools, promote access to schools and retention of learners and educators in rural and farm schools. And we subscribe to this. Next uh, one, uh, uh, sir. DBE also published the guidelines for the rationalization of small or non-viable schools in July 2009. In the guidelines, it states that large and better resource schools will contribute to the development and poverty alleviation in the rural areas. It also states the following criteria to consider in closing schools. Thus, the number of learners, the curriculum considerations, which we have, accessibility of schools, school infrastructure, the retention of learners, attracting and retaining educators, 
and public schools on private property. It also needs to be mentioned that uh, very many teachers do not want to go to the rural areas to go and, uh, and teach. It's extremely difficult to attract and to retain educators in the rural areas. It must be noted that WCED's process is similar to the process outlined in the DBE guidelines. Next page, please. There is a national drive to assess micro schools and to close it in an attempt to give these learners access to better education and better resource schools. WCED is also busy with such a process. Next uh, slide, uh, uh, Mr. Brown. Consultations took place, public consultation process. The consultation took place on the 18th September 2020 where the SGB and the SGB of the school indicated that they were not in favor of the closure of the school. However, it must be stated I didn't find any governing body yet that was uh, in favor of really uh, closing a school. The public consultation uh, process also took place on the 22nd of October 2020, and the parents of the community indicated that they were not in favor of the closure of the school once again. The, par the parents didn't, uh, were not in favor, neither the governing body. A summary of the representations made from the parents. The uncertainty created by the rumors spread by some of the school closure in 2019 forced parents to relocate learners from Sikukhat and enroll them in neighboring uh, schools. There were rumors spread in 2019, the school will close in 2019. The school has adequate accommodation for the learners, according to the parents, with three classrooms and a fully equipped computer room. The learners who are relocated to neighboring schools at such an early stage are likely not to attend school regularly. Same uh, issues that um, uh, Honorable Suka has mentioned. The school no longer has a financial crisis and all current debts have been settled. Parents are concerned about the COVID-19 virus and the safety of their children in neighboring schools due to the pandemic. Learners stay... Uh, Listen, I think we may have lost Mr. Jankis. Uh, I'm not sure whether he could just check his... No, I can hear him. I don't know about other people. Uh, so I can... Con shall I continue? Uh, okay, shall I... Can someone just confirm what is going on? We can hear Mr. Jankis. can hear him, Fine. No, my dear. it's only you. I can hear, yes. You can proceed, Mr. John. Okay, so learners stay 30 to 50 kilometers from the nearest learner transport scheme pickup points. Uh, this is what uh, one of the points the, uh, the parents uh, uh, mentioned. And the relocation of learners will have a financial impact on parents for new school uniforms, which will have to be purchased by parents. Next uh, slide, Mr. Brown, please. Uh, Brown, next next slide, please. I'm just having some trouble on my side, but you can continue. I'll, I'll, I'll follow you. I I need to see the I need to see the I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out which slide we have to be on. Let's go back. 
Can you just go back uh, backwards, one or two backwards, I think? Yeah. Uh, the next one, please. Then the next one. Then the minister's decision to close the school. Even though the consultation process was concluded in 2020, and though the MEC indicated her intention to close the school on 31st December 2020, the school could not close by 31st December 2020 as a submission requesting the final closure reached the MEC only in 2021. The MEC then signed the submission on 25 February 2021 and she indicated that she, the closure be done subject to the fact that the school now only closes on 31st December 2021. This had to be done because uh, because 20, the 31st of December 2020 was in the past at that stage. That parents be informed immediately by the district and be assisted to reassure them of the safety and beneficial impact for their children if the children move to a bigger school. Next uh, slide, please. Another submission was elevated to the MEC on 17 March 2021, and the submission was signed off on 17 May, in which the MEC editor writer's approval is subject to the receipt of a report on consultation. The report was submitted uh, in uh, September 2021. The MEC's decision thus prevailed. So uh, if I can just go back quickly. Just just one back. Can I just go one back, Mr. Brown? So uh, so this this was supposed to be done. This was done by the pro, by the by the district, and the district has done what the minister requested them to do, and hence the minister's uh, uh, or the MEC's uh, uh, decision then prevailed. Uh, next slide, please. Next slide. An educator was appointed on contract and completed the contract on the 31st December 2021. All movable assets are still on the premises. The relocation of assets was halted on request of Honorary uh, MP Sukas and the delegation. The banking account of the school is not closed yet. The lease agreement with the church has been uh, terminated. Then, I think, uh, I'm not too sure whether Mr. Uh, Mr. Lewis is going to come in here. Uh, thank uh, you, Mr. Jankish. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Chair. Before I, I carry on with the next two slides, I think as a department, we, we admit, because we experience it every day, that the closure of a school remains uh, a painful process for, for the community, maybe for two reasons. One, historically, the school has uh, taught or provided education for generations of, of that community. One, the name of the school has got sentimental value. And of course, because of the inherent fears of parents of, of letting your children uh, away from home. So we, we uh, confirm that we are aware of that. 
but unfortunately we operate within a framework where we need to seek the best interests of the child, but also to deal with the resources of the education department and of government uh, in an optimal manner. Now, Chair, back to the slide. On request of Honorable Sukars, she met the HOD on the 7th of February with the uh, delegation of the community of, of Sekwekhat. Uh, the, the head of department explained that neither her, he nor the minister has appeal authority on the closure of the schools because at that meeting, Honorable Sukars requested the, the head of the department to consider reopening the school. And the head of the department just confirmed that he has no authority uh, to deal with such an appeal. Neither does the minister has the authority to, to deal with the appeal because the minister has taken the decision and the minister cannot uh, deal with the appeal on her own decision. The school was closed on 31st December and provision was made by the WC to place the learners appropriate at other schools. I must mention it, Chair, because of the fact that neither the SGB nor the, nor the parents wanted to move their children. It was extremely difficult for us to engage the parents in a proper manner to, so that they can assist us with the placement of their learners. Some of the parents didn't participate in that process. So the delegation then requested uh, the, the head of the department not to remove the mobile units because they will now attempt to open an independent school on the site, to which the head of the de department agreed to the request. I must put it to the, to the uh, can you stay on that slide? I must put it to the, to the community chair that when we close the school, what normally happens is we remove all the assets or whatever belongs to the department and we normally move it to the receiving school where the learners uh, will be uh, located. Now, part of our, our assets on this site is four mobile units. Now, I must also mentioned that two of those mobile units were as part of our planning destined to be placed elsewhere because of the need of learner pressures in the province but despite that need for that mobile units to be removed the head of the department agreed to Masukas and the delegation that we will leave the assets there to allow them opportunity to start a process to open an independent school as what they have suggested. The next slide, Mr. Brown. So the, as a department, we then waited since that, that meeting, the first meeting we had in this year, for the Sirkwekhat delegation to come back with the plan of how they are going to establish this private school so that uh, we can assist them. Uh, that plan did not arrive at the department. However, Honorable Sukars wrote again a letter to the head of the department on, in April 
where she requested a few things. Amongst others, she requested the department to appoint a teacher at the school, which which was closed by now, is still closed. The appointment of two teaching assistants at the school, the provision of food and the assistance to register an independent school. Next slide. The HOD then responded to Honorable Sukers on the 8th of April and pointed out the following, that the WCD cannot allocate the teacher to the school because the school has been closed and provision has been made for the learners at three potential other schools. Similarly, the department could also not provide the school with two teaching assistants because uh, it will be outside the provision of the framework of the project. There are clear criteria contained in the Division of Revenue Act on the NSNP and the feeding of learners. And the prescripts of DORA do not make provision to provide food to a school that has been closed. Furthermore, learners have returned 100% to school and it is difficult, if not impossible, for other schools to share their stock with Sirkwekhat because that it is also what Honorable Sukers uh, requested, whether we, other schools cannot, uh, we cannot channel food from other schools to this uh, close school. And lastly, Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee, the details of Mr. William Jankis, one of the presenters on this platform, was provided as the contact person in the WCD to assist with the process of establishing an independent school. I must mention, Chair, that the establishing of an independent school doesn't start with the department. It starts with whoever wants to establish that school. Uh, We will give guidelines and provide the necessary forms for the completion of it. And after that, we will then deal with with uh, the registration of that school. And Chair, just, just on one point that Masukas has raised that the WCED doesn't register independent schools with less than 19 learners. That is not true. The WCED will register a school. Is that, it is just that that school will be excluded from all the benefits that, uh, uh, that an independent school would have received under as soon as that target of 20% and over is reached. Thank you, Chair. I will ask Mr. Jankis to deal with the last slide. Uh, thank you, HOD. Uh, so, uh, Chair, subject to SASA and any applicable provincial legisl- legislation, any person may, at his or her own cost, establish an independent school. So, uh, we there's no there's nothing prohibiting uh, Ms. Ms. Sukar and all the people from Shekuhat to establish an independent school. There are certain compliance and registration documents which the WCD can provide on a request. As soon as there's a request, we will provide it. After a year, the school may apply for a subsidy, and the school must have a minimum number of 20 learners if the school wants to qualify for a subsidy. Uh, now, if I can just stand still here, if this school will now get this, this independent school will get the maximum amount and I round off to 8,800 rand. Then for the year, for the 20 learners, you can multiply it by, by uh, 8,800 rand 
and that gives us roughly in the range of uh, close to 180,000. Now, colleagues, that is, that, that is, that is, I don't know what what the school can really do uh, with that uh, money if the school must still look after the school, they must pay the the, the teachers and uh, and all other expenses. So these are the things that, that, that the community must all also uh, consider. And the WCD does not provide any staff, neither does it provide any other resources to independent uh, schools. That's the only amount that we uh, supply. And this has got nothing to do with us. This is basically what happens right across the pro uh, country. And the standards curriculum delivery at such a school may not be inferior to public schools. And I, and I want people to understand they must reflect on Section 6A and Section 46 of South African Schools uh, Act that speaks uh, to these uh, issues, that the, uh, the, 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 the curriculum that offered must not be, or the curriculum delivery must not be inferior to any other schools. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair, and uh, the committee members. Uh, this is the end of uh, our presentation. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Sorry, Chair, just to conclude, uh, as indicated, we are more than willing to assist the community to establish that independent school. Uh, in fact, our assets are still there as they requested it, but that process they must initiate. Thank you, Chair. No, thank you very much, um, Mr. Lewis and Mr. Jonkers. Um, members, I would, I would ask just to allow a member from the community to also um, Say something because it's. I don't think it's a. I don't think that would be a harm in a in a in a meeting because of this is a, a petition that we are, we are dealing with. Um, do you, do we have someone that can just add some few things or? Um, yes, Chair, I do. Um, I will just get them to. Um, if you want to just assist them to get onto the platform, they are on the platform. They are ready to to speak, Chair. Can you get an indication who is going to speak? Um, it is going to be the uh, Pastor Billy Kutsia. He is a, um, a teacher as well, and he is servicing the community. He will be speaking. Correct. Pastor, thank you. Good morning. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity on behalf of Sikha, the children, and the parents. Sure. I must say that I'm, I'm moved with everything that has been said. Uh, one thing that I want just to confirm is the fact that what one of the said is that we should not look like we should look wider. So the policies and the principles that WCD and National Department of Education use at the moment really does not suit a place like Zikuhat. And that is something that I want to emphasize. Uh, honorable members, uh, chosen, we also know about other small schools. Believe me if I tell you that we have confirmation about a school where there's only 14 learners. Yes, 14 learners, one for in this year 2022, and that school has not received any threat of being closed. Uh, we want Department of Education, especially WCD, to really consider that Sekuhat is a very unique situation, and we need you to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, we've been involved, myself, uh, with the community for the last, I think it goes up to four years now, and the, the scenario is simple. You know, one of the things that I want to share with you, one day, as I was there, I, I just feel in my spirit, you know, my spirit was just telling me that here is a move where they want these children to become orphans. And I want you to think about it. Do we really want a generation of orphans to be raised while we have the opportunity to do different? The impact on this community, I can tell you what 
What are the imagination? The few parents that were invo involved in the school, uh, household staff, his assistants, just imagine, because at the moment, there's no income in those households. So the impact is not just on learners as such. And I want to say, I've read a document, I think, in 2015 somewhere, where there was a discussion uh, in Parliament on the whole issue of, 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 of um, deep rural schools and that. And from what I could read, there, there was a move to really look at the rural schools from a different perspective, which I honestly can't see or feel or I sense it at the moment. So on behalf of Sikhufrat, I want to ask you as, as, as members of this, of, of this portfolio committee to look at things with a, a, a clear conscience and ask yourself, are we doing justice to these communities? I can tell you that myself, I've been part, I started my school career in a, a school where there was one teacher, yes, only one teacher, and that was in the year, I can't even, I think 19, 71, somewhere there. And you know, I'm sitting here today as a product. Mind you, when I got to Madrid, I was again in a class when we were only 15. And I can tell you, the, 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 the result speaks for itself. I think we need to be honest with, with ourselves also that the idea or the, the, the notion that the big schools gives quality. Most of our so-called big schools at the moment don't have sports facilities, don't really have extramurals. And so it is just an excuse to get our learners away from an environment where they are much safe and, and, and can be, you know, regarded and, 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 and be comfortable within itself. One thing that I want to ask you is to consider also, I visited one day the community just to establish myself, you know, some kind of understanding what is the real impact. I went to one house of a previously advantaged uh, person, a white a farmer, whose child attends a school in Norfolk West. What the idea is a bigger school, a better school. When I was, when I got there, he was not there, but he came a while after that, uh, driving his Amarok VW, and there was a T1 standing parked in the garage. On the same farm, there's a, a, a farm worker whose child was also now in, in Beaufort West uh, attending school. And obviously it was it was it was after consultation or the farmer, you know, said, you know, I want you to consider this. But this is the, the truth. The farmer they told me he just quickly went to Beaufort West to see how the children are doing. Uh, they've got a home there, his wife loves there, the children are there. The farm worker, however, told me, Pastor, I don't know how my child is doing. I've tried to phone, but I can't tell. Just in the one day, I, 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 was, I was just, you know, shocked to see the, the, the impact on two families. And this is the type of families that we have. People that don't have the means to contact or to be with their children. I want to say to you, this community will be dead if this is what we want to pursue. Uh, we have an opportunity in South Africa as a country to really look at our rural communities and develop them, but also to support the structures and the system that does not work. I want to also just underline and emphasize what uh, Honorable Sukas was saying to you about the the centers for, for the children with problems. There's only one in the whole little and central Karoo, and I'm part of that uh, 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 institution at the moment. They don't have the capacity for themselves to host, all because they must now also take children that actually need to go to other institutions where children with more challenging at the, uh, characters are. Uh, Sikhu offered the opportunity, and there's many cases that has been given to us about children that came to Sikhu Khan with their challenges, with their problems, but they've changed for the better. So there's a plea beloved, that we will make a decision for the benefit of our country at large. And I want to say to you today that uh, with me, we have a community that says, listen to our answer, listen to this plea, and uh, don't just do things based on two simple, because I think the Department of the Education has got two, two things that they use. It's the number of learners and viability, and that in itself does not answer the question. So I think this will be my humble plea for now. And I can tell you, uh, look at these people here. We have them on the she is the chairperson that fights for these people. We also have Cassidy quickly. Cassidy is one of the, of the, of the this is actually his mom. Cassidy is one of our active teachers. And we also have Shantay here. These two, at the moment, they are taking care of those learners. And we are, we are having some, you know, support from 
uh, by, by getting material. So that's all that I actually getting uh, the work that should be done in the curriculum. But I also know that, you know, it's a challenge that we are asking you to really consider. Uh, the basic needs, you've said it well, every child in the school, every child quality. Why can't we do it for those children? We have the, the, the facility, we have the ability, and, and I think we can do it. And we also have one of our Omas here, uh, who is the driver today who brought them here. And we want to ask you, help us today. Help us to help those children and make a change. If, 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 if we can have a success story, and I can guarantee you, it will happen. Uh, let me just say, if I get, we've been able to feed the, the children, not to the best that, we, that they should get, but I can tell you, God has helped us. And with God's favor, even as we speak, they have food every day, but we would really appreciate it because at the moment, these members of communities from around the country that has opened their hearts and they, they want to help us to sustain what is on the table. And for that, I want to thank you. And again, for the I want to thank you again for your efforts and for your passion to help making South Africa a better country. Thank you all. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Professor uh, I am now going to allow members um, to interact with the um with um, everything that has happened um on the presentation department and also what now has also said i am now i don't know um on the do you is your hand up um yes it is up do you want to ask questions i actually just wanted to um respond to some of the things that were said by by the department no i think you must wait for members to first interact okay right thank you Jay. and of course off and um honorable Tembe, why you can I allow those students um to to start the interaction uh, on the proposal. Are you are you able to uh, can you hear me? Does that make you? Can someone hear me in the meeting? We can hear you. Uh, where are the people that have raised their hand? Okay, yes, can, you proceed? can you proceed? Yes, uh, thank you, Chairperson, and then the, uh, an appreciation to the presentations that were made uh, today. But uh, I have a few questions to ask uh, specifically to the Western Cape uh, Department of Education. And one is in connection, your vision says, quality education for every child to in every classroom, in every school in the province. Please consider that and think about it because what, what the vision says is the exact opposite of, of what the Western Cape Department of Education did and is continuing to, to justify their actions in connection with this particular school. Um, from the what the pastor, the pastor who's the principal said, uh, there is a school that has 14 learners, but there is no threat of the school being closed. If this is found to be true, why is it happening? Why is there no fairness in the application or the implementation of the policies of, uh, of education. If this is found to be true, then definitely uh, I would say you are unfair, but I'm giving it to you 
as a question to say, um, is it true? And uh, are you aware of this? And you have to be aware of it. You don't say you are not aware of it. And why is the same thing not being applied to that particular school? Second question, the presenter, Mr. Walters, talked about the uniform. Say, for an example, those uh, learners are in class. What is the classroom? Something like that. And then he said, proudly so, to say they should buy the, the buying of the uniform should come from uh, uh, from their parents. And uh, from the information that was presented here, the pastor said there is no income in those households. And I know that the uniform is very expensive. Where, 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 where do they get the money to buy the new uniform for the schools? And secondly, they said they can be accommodated at the schools. Who is responsible for the payment of the accommodation of those poor learners? Will they be accommodated for free? And if they won't be accommodated for free, who is supposed to pay for those learners? Because it has been said that some of the parents only earn between uh, 2,000 and, 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 and 5,000. So how will they be able to can afford uh, such, such, such a uniform? According to me, I think somewhere, somehow, there was a problem in consultation. Uh, consultation, particularly with the affected parents, or, um, of the children, I, I I think something something went somewhere wrong because it was about the letter being sent to SGB chairperson signing signing taking the letter to that other one. But I just want to know uh, what about the communication with the the community at large? Everybody being called so that the whole issue uh, can be addressed as it may be. But my feeling is we need we still need to engage on this thing. I, I, I feel it's very much unfair uh, to close the school. Uh, not enough research was done, particularly uh, about the situation at the school. Not enough uh, feasibility type of research was done to this uh, school. So it was just quick, quick taking consider, uh, uh, you know, information and, and closing the school. I, I feel it's very much unfair. If the minister is here, let her be engaged on this matter to say it's it's an, you are killing the the nation in actual fact. You said that it's the year of the learning, leadership, driving resilience, but you are doing the opposite thereof. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Dr. Tembekoyo. Um, Honorable Poso, are you okay? Honorable Chair, I'm trying again. Can you hear me this time? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, my, uh, I, asked to be, um, uh, I apologize for the previous problem. Um, this whole uh, uh, memorandum that we from Honorable Sukas, uh, it uh, brought quite a number of uh, different thoughts to my mind. The first one is the citation in the Bible where Jesus said, and I only know it in Afrikaans, so I don't know if I pronounce, uh, if I translate it exactly uh, correctly, but uh, that the Sabbath is made for them, for humans, not humans for the Sabbath. And that is the way in which uh, it was dealt with rules in, in this. Uh, Mr. went down the um, list and said, we should do this, we did, we should do that, we did, we should do the other thing, we did, we should do another thing, we did. Um, as if these rules um, 
I, I would almost say it was given by the creator and now humans have to adapt um, to, to, to these rules. While uh, there's a very, um, uh, 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 really f- a really strong case made, my, made by Honorable Sukers on how not only in the narrow definition of education and transferal of the curriculum, but the whole community with children as growing up in their community uh, in proximity to their parents and their aunts and their whole extended families, um, how they are um, influenced by a decision to close the school. So, um, uh, Honorable Sukers at some place uh, made the statement that the community uh, experiences as a tick-boxing ex- uh, exercise and the way in which Ms. Yankees dealt with it with, with respect seemed to me to confirm that notion. Um, I know that since the Union of South Africa had been created in 1910, there had been this drive towards uh, bigger schools, to uh, uh, closing down smaller farm schools and centralizing education in bigger schools, with not much evidence having been created that that was really beneficial to the children in their, uh, let's say, sociological um, setting and even in educational uh, uh, respects. Now, uh, I don't want to add anything to what was very uh, clearly put by uh, both Pastor uh, Kutsia and uh, Honorable Sukers about um, the differences, I, I, I want to just note in, in passing that Beaufort West might look like a small place when you uh, travel from Cape Town to Johannesburg, but for the Karoo, it's a very big place and uh, very much different from what it would be in a place like Siekurgat. Now, I've been involved with a school uh, nearby in Riedbron, but it's actually just in the Eastern Cape, not in the Western Cape. We had the exact same problem and they were assisted by a school where I taught before I came to Parliament, um, who is actually specializing in um, rendering services to home schools and micro schools in order to be able to uh, uh, give quality education, uh, as uh, the head of the department stated, uh, not in fear to anything that would be presented by a public school um, over a multitude of grades. Now, I, I want to refer to something else uh, quickly, and that is that uh, I made quite a study of the Cuban educational system at a certain stage about uh, 10 years ago. And one of the uh, ground principles of the Cuban educational system is that children should be taught as near to their homes as possible. And therefore, very small schools, even with less than 10 children, is uh, a fundamental um, building piece of the educational uh, system in that country, where they have big cities, but they also have very remote uh, mountainous ranges where uh, just a small number of children, even from two or three or four families in in one area, um, has to be serviced in educational terms by the uh, education department. um, And some way should be uh, devised to do so. And therefore, um, educational training or teachers training in, in Cuba uh, includes as a very important part of it um, 
the teaching in multi-grade classes, uh, even across a, a very wide spectrum, such as in this case. And it struck me that South Africa, who in several instances uh, tried to emulate Cuba and to honor Cuba in, in several other instances, why South Africa would disregard this experience in which uh, uh, Cuba uh, gives the lead and which is very, very um, relevant to large tracts of South Africa, where uh, the the population is is uh, sparse, uh, far from each other, and where these farm schools really do not only play an educational role, but a very central social role in knitting a community together. Now, I'm always, almost a little bit... Um, Despondent, even when starting with this whole meeting, because just when we entered parliament in 2019, we inherited from the previous administration uh, a similar uh, petition coming from the Gongong community near Barclay West, between Barclay West and Dalpos Whip in, in uh, the Francis Bar district. And they similarly made a very clear case why they should have a school for their community. And it was dismissed with a few friendly, sympathetic words, but no action at all. And uh, I think it was only the Freedom Front, the Economic Freedom Fighters and Al-Jamaa who voted um, against the memorandum, against the decision not to listen to the community of Gong Gong. Um, now, I want to uh, return now to the administration, um, all the different acts and procedures that were set out, and to say that that set of um, procedures were... I'm quite sure, although I don't know it as a fact, was devised to um, regulate and administer education in larger, more uh, densely populated areas, where it would indeed make no sense to have a small school like that if you can, you know, just at, at kilometers or two, uh, you, you, you can have another school. Um, but this is clearly something fundamentally different. And sometimes it's very difficult to try to have a set of rules revisited just, uh, you know, for some hypothetical reason. But a community like Sikulhat, who really present themselves in a very uh, clear and decisive way, saying that we want to maintain our integrity as a community by having a school, it forces one, it gives, it gives a concrete, it, it takes the abstractness of it away and say, okay, so we have these rules. It's clear according to these rules that Sikwekhat cannot be accommodated. But is Sikwekhat wrong or are our rules wrong? And I want to uh, put it that our rules are wrong and that our rules should be much more flexible in order to be able to accommodate a community like this. I mean, with all respect, it's nonsensical to say that if you have 20 learners in Sikwekhat per uh, uh, teacher, that that means you will have to have 20 learners per teacher in each and every school in the province. I mean, it's 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 fundamentally different. It, it's not it's not uh, comparable. Um, so, 
I think if one looks at pract- in practical terms, Sequihat will have to, as a transitional me- measure, maybe uh, register a private school or an independent school. And I would like to uh, collaborate with Honorable Sukas because, as I mentioned, the school where I used to teach uh, can really assist in this whole process. But it should be a transition until our rules are reset in a way which can accommodate a school like Sekuigat. And that is, amongst others, one of the reasons why the Freedom Front contains that the whole um, bellable should be repealed. It should, not, uh, it should not proceed on this way because there are instances such as this, which, is, which are not even considered in the bellable. Uh, so... Uh, I think it, it should be back to the drawing board. And I think that um, members like myself and Honorable Sukas, who might really want to comment on this great piece of work that she did and the, the, the um, involvement with the community, that we would actually like to be involved because we really know this rural setup from the inside out. It is our world. It is where we function. We know what is going on, maybe even better than some of the officials who, uh, 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 you know, on a regularly basis just visit the schools and go on to the next place where they can buy a cold Coke. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Another Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and good morning to your good self, um, the members of the committee, the Department of the Western Cape and the National that are present, and also the community of Zetsuke uh, Hart. Uh, good morning to you all. Uh, Chairperson, uh, let me also appreciate the two uh, presentations that we received from Honorable Sukers and also from from the Department uh, of the Western Cape uh, Education. Uh, you know, it's always uh, you know a concern when we receive uh, such petitions of uh, uh, schools uh, that um, have been closed by you know provincial departments or that uh, are seen to be not uh, viable, but not considering, you know, uh, the importance of uh, such uh, schools as assets to to communities. Uh, As I was listening to the the presentation, you could hear that the community has spoken uh, not once, not twice, even when there was a community um, participation they were against the school closure, even though they understand that uh, uh, according to policies and, and laws, it's a, a non-viable school. But they are trying their level best to make sure that uh, the learners or the children remain within the communities, within uh, their parents. They live with their parents because those learners are very, very young. They're at a very young age and uh, it's something that is uh, is worrying some because it's not for the first time we deal with uh, such a case. Um, Chair, there are so many cases that have been reported uh, in the Western Cape where farm owners would evade um, farm workers, you know, and leave them vulnerable with nowhere to go. You know, we have seen such in 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 you know in the television. 
we've seen such in the media. So would also want to hear from the Western Cape, how do they deal with the, with such cases? Because I, do, I, I believe it's not only this community that has uh, you know, such a struggle when it comes to uh, the challenges that they are facing there in the, in the Western Cape. And uh, when we went for for oversight, um, I heard Honorable Sukiyans also mentioned it in the northwest of the of the mega schools, um, and also in the in the free state, whereby you'd find that uh, uh, most of the farmers or most of the farms that we visited, uh, you'd find there's only a primary school. Similar case to this uh, case that we're dealing with, where there's a farm, um, a, a primary school, and when you ask uh, what is what what is happening to uh, learners, what what happens to learners after they they finish maybe the the, the intermediate phase, what happens to them? Uh, most of them you'd find out they drop out and go back in the farms. Uh, most of them will make it and go uh, elsewhere to where there is a, a, a secondary school where they could attend, you know, up until they finish matric or the uh, high school uh, level. So it's also a question that I have uh, when it comes to the school. Yes, it's a primary school up until to grade six. And then what happens after the, uh, that? Where do the learners go to? Where do they attend? Um to, to further their studies. Um, can they trace them? What happens to, to them after they finish grade six? Because I think one of the uh, the reasons why Northwest uh, and Free State came up with the idea of the mega schools is because of such uh, uh, incidents whereby you'd find that there is no high school uh, uh, in, in farm areas or rural areas and then learners will end up, you know, dropping out and go and work in, in farmers uh, uh, or just, you know, um, end up nowhere, uh, not even being traced in the system where are those learners. Uh, but in this case, I do agree with on the two um, speakers that I've spoken to say, the community are requesting their learners to remain within you know, um, within the, the community and with their parents, because these kids are very young from the age of six, you know, um, they're at a, a, a primary level. Um, the, I think the Department of the Western Cape needs to come up with a plan that is going to assist this uh, community to uh, to maintain the school, to make sure that uh, the school um, continues to operate under uh, the community because they've stated all these uh, uh, assets that they still have as the school. You can see that they are trained at level best to make sure that uh, they try to improve the situation. We saw um, some of the school assist uh, teachers' assistants that are there, uh, but in the report we are only told about one, which uh, is the teacher, which is also a principal, but we can see that, you know, the communities putting more efforts in making sure that they, you know, they, they make the school viable 
uh, as possible and make sure that they keep, you know, their children within uh, the community, within their, their parents, of which I think it's, it's something that we want also as the community to see it happening, that we don't take, you know, such, such small kids away from their, from their parents. At least if the, it was, you know, um, a case whereby it was a high school kind of an arrangement, then would con- could reconsider in moving them to more viable schools. But the small children that, uh, you know, were speaking about, it, it will really be unfair that we try and remove, you know, uh, such learners or, or children uh, away from their, from their, from their parents. Uh, also, Chair, I heard um, the pastor, Pastor Kutsie, who spoke about a school that has only 14 learners that still exist and uh, with no threat of uh, of closing down. If also maybe we could get an understanding why the case is different to, to this one of 19 learners uh, in this community. Let me pause there for now, Chair. Thank you. No, thank you very much, uh, Honorable At once. Um, I think you have you have covered me on, on this one of the of the Nazik. I had ten, so you had fourteen, but anyway, um they can they can they can just respond to that the department if there is a school um with that number in, in the Department of Western I mean, in the province of Western Cape, um, of of this particular um, setup. But also, what 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 I picked up as well when um, Mr. Lewis was 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 speaking, he said that um, the parents did not participate when when you hit, when you held your 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 public participation process. Can you just also um, say to us what what do you think was the was the issue? Because from what I see, your public participation process was also held when it was um, COVID, and uh, I, of course, what know what 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 could have been the reason for you to to hold public hearings um, um, at that time. And um, we see you are saying that there was no there was no participation, but the reality now we are realizing that um, the same community members are actually now coming here um, to come and 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 raise that actually they are not satisfied they still want the school to to reopen um, and so on. Um, <clears throat> and so on. I don't know what other members' views are, but with the with this type of a situation now, from both um, the petitioner and the, the the department, I am of the view that we probably need to have a meeting with DBE. Um, so that we are taken through uh, this rural education um, 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 
police. And um, we understand it um, um, better so that we can be able to, to make recommendations um, to DPE um, with regards to um, to this school and the situation that at least we have uh, managed to hear what is um, what is what is happening. And my my other interest um, from the side of, of the department, but also probably honourable speakers or other uh, or other the, the petitioners would would be able to 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 help. The, there was there were there were learners with also special needs um, who were part of the school. Um, what happened to them? Um, because I I am of the view that the schools that now you have you have taken the other learners to um, are your sort of normal normal school um, normal schools. What has happened to them to the learners that have got um, your special needs? Um, 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 problems. And can we give guarantees as the department that the transport and the hostel facility where you have taken these learners and that you have provided to them, is it safe um, for them um, to, to use I can't hear you, Chair. You can't hear. You didn't hear since when I started or when? We've missed you at some point. Yeah, I think it was the reference network. We can hear clearly uh, everything. We can hear clearly, yes. Uh, we could yes, hear you. Clearly. Can hear you started the department, tell us, and then you went missing. Okay. I can't hear you, Chair. Which one do you want me to repeat? Okay, Chair, you can continue. Both the department did not hear both uh, people from the department, or only one? No, no, my colleagues are uh, listening in. Oh, okay. All right. It could be that I've missed you, but you can continue. Okay, no, it's fine then, uh, Mr. Lewis. So, so from my side, those are the things that... Um, uh, of of my interest, but I think, and I don't know what other members really um, would say. I think we need DBE uh, on this matter. We need to have a, a meeting with the DBE, even if we we do uh, invite the department as well to be taken through this rural development um, um, uh, police, so that we understand it, and um, we also understand its implications. Um, to communities like those where we have 19 learners and like it, they say, because you could see when Honorable Sukhets have spoken together with Koshov, you could, you, you can, you can say that they are products of such um, schools, the passion in which they, 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 they speak on those schools and then um, the manner in which um, they praise those types of, of schools. So before we 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 really make um, tangible or informative um, suggestions, one would or recommendations rather, one would be of the view that we 
we have DPE um, to take us through this policy. And then um, in this situation as well, um, what then um, the policy would suggest um, so that we can make proper recommendations and see how do we um, assist the process. But besides that, I'm going to give honorable speakers to speak. And then after that, uh, I'm going to allow the department to, to, to speak in, as well on everything that members of the committee have raised. Um, honorable speakers. Thank you very much, um, Chair. If you would allow me, I will keep my video off just for the sake of the, the, the bandwidth of my internet, uh, because I'm on my phone's data at the moment. Um, Chairperson, you are absolutely correct. Um, I am the product of a multi-grade farm school. I went to a primary school and consistently I have my education and my values that forms part of that education is what made me the person that I am today. Um, and and uh, if you go to Siakuhat and you experience the learners in that environment, um, you, will under, you will really understand why it is that we need to look at rural education within, with a different lens. I want to make a few points. I, I absolutely want to say thank you to Mr. Yankees because um, I think what has happened here, and it is unfortunate that he has not been involved um, in the discussions um, or the process up until uh, the time when I spoke to him, which was a week ago. Um, so firstly, thank you, Mr. Yankees, for uh, being so open and for your time that you um, um, gave in order for us to discuss the registration of the school. Thank you for that. Um, I, however, want to make one correction. When we had the meeting with the department, we said that the community would look at alternatives. Um, and we are asking the department to reopen and assist the community for such um, alternatives to be investigated. Now, I see that the department now focuses solely on the independent school model, which is fine with us because the community in itself is looking at alternatives, as we have said, um, in order to keep that school open. However, what is clear from the department, and I want to um, make it very clear, the presentation itself shows you again the very thing that I spoke of and which share uh, you again now to, um, has um, uh, thankfully said the Department of Basic Education need to come and speak to us around uh, rural education. We cannot have the tail wagging the dog, and we have that all the time in these committee meetings. Lawmakers and public representatives are on the ground. We know what happens in our communities. We have law, we have the policy makers or policy developers, mm -hmm. like in this instance where we have um, a whole set of uh, a checklist almost that the department is providing um, the committee with that if you look at it, you would accept that the department has done their job fail for the one thing, which is that both Honorable um, 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 Borsov um, has raised and I, which is the context of in which reality policy needs, uh, policy implementation happens in policy design. That is at a high level. The second point, however, is that the checklist as provided by the department, Chair, you rightfully raised, when was the public participation conducted? The second point that I want to make, the chairperson who signed the document, the district official brought that document to the side of the road and the chairperson had to sign that on the side of the road on his bucky. 
That is the context in which this whole process finds itself or takes place. You have a community that doesn't speak Afrikaans in the way that you and I speak it, or the officials rather, but they are intimidated when you record something. This is the environment which this whole public participation process. So I want to say, was it fair? Um, it, it, in the mind of the community of Obsiakuhat, it was not fair because they didn't even receive feedback on the concerns that they have raised. When it comes to the alternatives that as presented, and it makes me extremely um, upset when officials deal with our people like this. You have a checklist you hear of a minister. The community in, in Siakucha thought that they were talking to the national minister. The call that I received it was the national minister that signed this thing off. Just that one example gives you an, a, a good indication of the confusion in terms of communication. So if we talk about the checklist, you need to understand in what um, um, context have you communicated with this community. And I'm extremely, I, I really, I feel it's unfair. And then the, the other thing that is also um, not okay for me, uh, for lack of a better, a better word to use, is the fact that I have dealt with this department. If I show you the formal letter that was referred to came because I sent communication to the head of the department and didn't receive any reply back. So you have gaps in between communication. And then finally, I send a formal letter to the, to, to the, to the HOD. So let us not make as if, uh, and this is the, the gap between sitting in an office in Cape Town and sitting in a, and working on a farm somewhere in the middle of Nairns in the Karoo. And then we say, we have done our checkbox. You did not do it. There is no social environmental impact assessment that was presented here today. There was no consultation with children because you need, according to um, the legislation, to, de to um, engage children in any um, legislation, decision, or policy that um, involves them. None of them was done. So let us quickly just deal with the presentation as presented by the department. Let us not make as if this is the idea. All things are not equal in the presentation that the department has given the committee. So here are my points, point by point. Uh, um, Mr. Yankees, you have you've helped us, but unfortunately, sir, you were not uh, part of what was done with the W with the Western Cape Education Department. Let me say also to the committee, I had the meeting on the 7th of February as listed here. A week after that, the officials came to remove by force the um, equipment of the department after I received assurance from um, the HOD that they will keep the, the equipment there. That in itself gives you an example of uh, the kind of communication and the conduct of the department in terms of fairness, in terms of due process. Let us not um, um, say that it, it has done perfect because it has not. So Mr. Yankees need to tell this committee if he's got first-hand knowledge. The, the copy of the letter that you show, I can tell you, it was signed on the side of a road. In order for you to reach those communities, you need to drive with buckies. How did you get all the parents to the public participation process in the first place? So what evidence is there that multigrade learning is not effective? I'm a, a product, uh, Vainant is a product of multigrade. Does the Western Cape Education believe, for example, that the world-renowned Montessori method, which multigrade, uh, uh, which uses multigrade, is not effective? Is the Western Cape um, Department aware that there are hundreds of unregistered suburban schools in the Western Cape that have less than 30 learners with one educator. And then point three, 
The Western Cape Education Department says that the learner ratio of 1 to 20 in rural areas is unaffordable. This is the point that Honorable um, um, Bosov makes. This is treating rural and urban schools the same. What socioeconomic studies have, done, have been done to prove this? Point four, would the Western Cape Education Department rather be sued than to work to create a solution? And this is where my, I, I, to say a different word, I, I would say it like my mother says, your blood boils, is when you realize that you are treating communities in this manner because we know they don't have the money to take you to court. It was the very first sentences that was spoken to us there. The, the MEC has made the decision and only a court of law. I, I feel our people deal with arrogant, arrogant officials when it comes to processes. It's either arrogance or insensitivity. But as I'm sitting here and I look at all of this and I think of those communities, you, you are not doing them justice. If these officials just have a heart to listen to those people, they would actually say, let us have the meeting to look at a different solution for Siakuha. But they won't. It's because we deal with it from a paper perspective, an administrative perspective. Point four, point five. You mentioned the best interest of the child, but the constitution says the best interests of the child are paramount and must be immediately realizable. So you must examine all alternatives, which has not been done. I want to say to the committee, this very nice, it's not a nice, but let's say a nice presentation about Klaas Tuum and Prince Albert. Those alternatives were not even given to this community um, at the time. It wasn't, there was none of that communication was followed up by the district officials after the, com com the, com the community made it clear that they do not uh, want um, um, to move their children. Then in point six, it is a pity that we do not have the HOD here. And, and for the notice of this minute as well, the Minister of Education, who has not seen fit to attend this meeting. In fact, in the standard I serve on this committee, I can count on three fingers maybe how many times I saw the Minister of Education here. Um, this shows the lack of concern for the community by both the HOD and the, because it's such a small community. The officials lack the information, um, Chairperson. Prior to my letter to the HOD um, that was received, I sent two WhatsApps asking for urgent help. I eventually wrote to him, as I said before. Also, the community asked the, the Western Cape Education Department mm -hmm. to consider various options, not just um, the independent schools. And let me just correct the Minister of Education. I fell into that now with this presentation, the MEC here in the Western Cape, um, in terms of uh, visiting the uh, appearing before this um, committee, and specifically today as well. So I just need to correct that. I'm not talking about the national minister. The education department has a, a Western Cape has a collaboration schools model. And the community has asked about this. So I'm asking again, will the education department, department consider a collaboration school as well and not take any option off the table? Because I see we're just narrowing down, down on the one option. So will they consider other options? Point seven, the miscommunication in the education department is evident, as I've said. They claim they agreed not to remove the education uh, sorry, the property of uh, the Western Education Department, yet, as I said earlier, they tried to do just that, and even threatened um, the, the, the caretaker that they will bring the police there. So you had a lot of children outside standing there, and the school um, um, needs to now give the, the equipment. So it, it doesn't um, link up to what was presented here. Point eight, and this is for the National Department. How long has the draft policy on the rural education been underdeveloped? It was gazetted in 2017 for public comment, but development must have taken place before that. We've been waiting for much longer than five years for this policy. So that policy has not been finalized, and so we cannot really say that the policy is being implemented here. 
And so perhaps the Department of Basic Education can address this issue. And then in point eight, with innovative developments like online education, it becomes possible to have a high school education in a school like Sirpukhat. Um, and I, I only two more points, Chair. Um, the Western Education mentions Section 293 of the Bill of Rights on independent schools, but they don't quote Section 293 and 4 that says that the state can assist in independent schools. And then lastly, as I said, point 10, I am not a lawyer, and um, maybe the regulations have changed, but Section 2A of the regulation states, the applicant for registration must satisfy the head of the department that it can reasonably be expected that the average number of learners of school-going age who will be enrolled at the independent school in question during the first 12 months following the date on which such application was received by the head of the department will not be fewer than 20 unless such learners are learners with special education needs, in which case the minimum number of learners in a school for special education needs must be 10. And in answer to the um, chairperson, um, some of the parents, um, because of the problems, um, then opted to, to place their children um, in other schools in Prince Albert, I know, um, is one area where um, there is family that they could then keep the children um, with, with, with special needs. But uh, Pastor Bill is able to elaborate on that. I just have that's uh, one that I know of, of children um, that has been uh, with special needs. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will try to respond to as many of the questions possible. I will not respond to the comments made. Uh, and my colleagues must also assist me. I think Mr. Jonkust or Mr. Uh, Walker, I'm not sure. I don't think there were uh, LSN learners among those learners, but if so, can you perhaps respond to that question? Uh, the questions of raised by Dr. Temekwayo is about the vision of the department. Yes, that is the vision of the department. Quality education for every child in every school in every classroom in the province. And that vision is not in opposition with the closure of the school, not at all. It is exactly because of that reason that the department feel educationally that where you have one teacher who operates as a principal, who had to teach over two phases and who had to teach over six grades, that it's, it's impossible to provide quality education to those children. So, so, so the closure of the school and the vision of the department, uh, it's, it, it's not the same. Then the 14 learners at the school somewhere in the province, um, I'm not even going to ask whether it exists. It could exist, and I will take it as that. At the moment, the department is closing schools every year. This is not the first school that we are closing. We've closed about three schools last year. And the department is looking within the context of the regulations of 2030, looking at all primary schools with less than 135 learners. We are looking at those schools and we are closing those schools. We are now busy developing a provincial plan for closing those schools over the next five to six years, all of them, because it's, it's unviable. Our learners can get a better education at better resource schools. Then about the uniform, when we close schools, there's normally um, a provision that is made that the school receiving the learners must allow the learners to continue with the current uniform until such time that either the department, either the parents can, can, can afford it or where the department can assist, the department will, uh, will, will help the parent. If the school is closed, where are these learners accommodated? When, whenever we close the school, there are, only, there are normally three options that we follow. We prefer the learners to stay in a hostel because we feel that is, that is the best and safer place where a learner can get food during the day, where the learner can be looked after to sit and do his or her homework. The second option is if there's no hostel in the vicinity, then we provide the learner with a uh, bursary for, for to stay at, at, at private people. That's, that's the second option. And of course, the third option is the general option that we use, and that is where we transport learners on a daily basis. At the moment, 
we are transporting 60,000 learners every day in the province. But normally the, the distances are a little bit shorter. In this case, it's, 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 it would be unfair to transport the learners from Hoodgrove every day to school and back to school. It wouldn't make education sense. The learners of, 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 uh, of the school were offered, at least the parents were offered, and that is why we prefer that we put all the learners in the hostel at Teske Gedenk Primary School, where there are sufficient place to place the learners in that hostel. Some of the parents opted for that option, and those learners are currently in, in the hostel. Other, other parents didn't opt for it. Uh, but uh, the point that I want to make is that when we close a school, accommodation arrangements are made, or we ensure that the learner gets to school. In terms of the, the South African Schools Act within which we operate, the, the two entities that we consult are the SGB one, and then the parents within a community setup. There's no provision in the Schools Act that we must consult with the learners. However, it is the right of the parent at the community consultation to bring his or her child with to that meeting where the learner can then Made a make a representation, so it's, it's it's not totally out, but there's no separate provision for uh, presentation to learners. Um, I think, uh, Honourable Boshov, you are correct. Uh, we operate within the rules, and the rules for us are the legislation and policy that's promulgated by the National Assembly or in the province by the provincial legislature. As officials, we cannot. Uh, do our own heads things, so we operate within the framework of those policies and, and pieces of legislation. You raise the issue whether bigger schools provide necessarily better education. Um, I cannot pronounce on that because I haven't seen research or I haven't done any research on, on that matter. I did not understand the question of uh, the member Adorns about the fact when farm, farmers evict the farm workers, what, what are we doing as an education department? I, I, I couldn't understand that question. Um, she also asked, where does learners go after grade six at, at, uh, at the school? When learners complete, normally, when learners complete their primary school in, in these small schools, they then attend the high school. And for these learners, the closest high schools are in Beaufort, in, 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 uh, Beaufort West years. And some of these schools in Beaufort West, and uh, Mr. Jonkers, you can attest to that, do have hostels where these learners are accommodated. Some of them even go to Oatswain, where we also have hostels for these learners. Um, then I'm not going to respond to the list of honorable sukas. Uh, safe to say that the HOD is not yet at this meeting today because the HOD is on leave, and I am acting as the HOD. Thank you, Chair. I can just want to ask my colleagues if there's anything that I've missed, Mr. Jonkers. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you for the opportunity, Chairperson. I'm Julie Jonkers. I'm the district director, Eden and Central Karoo, meaning that um, the school is the full part of my, my district. I just need to, to mention two things. Number one is that we do not have any else and learners at Secondly, in terms of the school with 14 learners, as a district, we are having two schools of foreclosure, that is Mui and Rui Rafir. The one has got 14 learners, and the other one has got 27 learners. 
So it means therefore then I can concur with what the HOD said, that we are closing schools on a regular basis and there's no specific um, school like Sirkochat that we are now singling out um, as a school for closure. This is a normal process that we do follow. Um, my HOD also mentioned in terms of the safety and the accommodation of learners as well as the transport and that has all been taken care of. I can just also conclude on the matter that this decision was definitely not taken lightly. It was also not only taken in terms of policy, but we took into consideration all the matters that the Honourable Members just mentioned. And I'm going to go down that particular list. Um, so, Chairperson, that is all I would like to add at the stage. Thank you. Chair, I think we will conclude on that note. No, it's fine. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you from Honorable Sukars and also the, the department. Um, members, are there any follow-ups? Are we okay? I see the end of Dr. Tembequaya. unmute me. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I wrote on the chat group uh, about the number that I can call so that I can report a certain problem in the Western Cape Department of a certain principal who's not treating his staff professionally. I only need that number, please. Thanks. Can you respond quickly to that? Say, I'm trying to read in the chat. Oh, okay. I think if the honorable member uh, has the information and the details, she can email that to the uh, to the office of the head of the department, and we can then take care of that from there. Chair, uh, Mr. Brown does have the contact detail of the office of the HOD. Can I be admitted here, please? Oh, who's that? Chairperson. Um, we can hear you. Yes, I, I was just saying, I don't need an email address. I need a cell phone number of a person that I can engage on this matter. Email address is something of another day of another sort. I need a, a number that I can talk to the person immediately after this committee has ended. Thanks. Chair, can I, can I help if the member has a, uh, a pen to write? Uh, because I, I struggle to get into the chat. My number is 082 82 844 811. Thank you. And then, uh, again, Mr. Luis, there is a, on the chat as well, they are, it's, it's one of the What type of transport? Are you able to say what type of transport you given the sense? I think I've also raised this question of safety days. Mr. Chonkos or Walker, can you respond to that? Chair, uh, good, uh, good morning. Um, the transport um, which we are currently um, using for the learners at, uh, at Tesco Hostel, um, it's a school bus uh, where they are transported every, every fortnight. Um, our transport uh, division at the district was in the process of facilitating 
or setting up a land transport uh, route for that road down uh, to Sebukhat. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Hawker. Um, I take it that now we, we, we are fine with interrogation. Honorable um, <laughs> Sukars? Yeah, Chair, I, I think um, I will. I, I think I will, I, if you will, let not let you indulge me. I just wanted to say it's very clear, Mr. Walker's answer to the committee. The learner transport to Siakuhat by busy setting up the route. That should give an, a good example of in terms of this whole process um, and why it, is, uh, why it is that I am making the comments that I've made in terms of the process. It is very clear. Um, in terms of the questions that I've asked, I just want to know if, uh, for the record, because we are in a formal meeting of a committee, that Mr. Lewis just say why it is that he would not respond to the questions that I have asked. Thank you. Chair, Mr. Honorable Sukers mostly commented on what we have presented to the, to the, to the portfolio committee, hence there was no need to respond to it. Okay, let's now not make it an... Um, are there specific questions that you think are not responded to, Honorable Sukers? The, the question really was that I asked, um, and I, I think I asked it for the department as well, in terms of how long has the draft policy on rural education been underdeveloped? And was it gazetted in 2017 for public comment? And then I asked the question in terms of the policy has not been finalized. So we cannot really say that policy is being implemented here. So as the head of acting head of the department, it would be very valuable for, um, the, um, for, for uh, Mr. Lewis to give his input in terms of that. Thank you. Chair, the, the Rural Education Policy Act resides uh, under the Department of Basic Education and not the WCED. So uh, maybe if Honorable Sukers uh, raised that question with DBE, uh, they could perhaps provide her with a better response than for me, you know, uh, you know providing a, a response that, that might be incorrect. No, no, no. Okay. No, it's fine then. Eliza, um, I think probably... We, we we need to to end this minute this minute like I have suggested that we need as a committee to have um, DBE to take us through this rural education um, policy and uh, it should also um, be linked to this uh, petition you know so that they also advise us then um, in the petition of this man. Um, what what do you do? Because I don't think from us as members there is a member that would be able to um, take us through uh, this policy, and I don't think we are um, I don't think we are informed or we understand it to an extent that we can be able to engage and be able to make proper recommendations um, to this matter. I'm not sure if people understand what I'm saying and. Um, is there an order is the end of Makaya? Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, and good afternoon to, or good morning to all the Honorable Members in the House. I just wanted to agree with uh, the sentiments of the members that is requesting that we come back and we do a presentation to the House on, um, you know, the areas that cover rural education, but more importantly, that we also present um, on areas of how we look at closure and mergers. 
If we could be given an opportunity to do that in a dedicated time, we will be able to come and shed more light to the members on the very pertinent issues which they have asked um, uh, to be raised here. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, no, then that's fine. I think um, I think members agree with that proposal, eh? Yes, I agree. Agreed. All right. Yeah. So I, I think let's let's close it for now at that proposal that we still now that is still very fresh and new in this quarter. Um, our scripture must just look uh, in the slot where we can probably have two meetings. We normally do that, where we can have two meetings in one in once, and then. Um, the department can take us through. Uh, I think Mike also understands what is it that we need, and uh, if they can be able to brief us on that, and then um, also they, they need to, to to try to respond in a situation of this um, petition, so that we we are able to proper to are able to make um, recommendations as to what happens um, um, moving forward. I think if members allow, um, I want to to close it, um, to close it. Um, 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 they, um, Jeff, the committee. What is this school fund now, Honorable Supers? Um, at the moment, Chair, there is a funds that is within the school. I don't know how uh, Mr. Lewis would be able to provide us um, really with, I don't know how it works, obviously, but the community has requested that they be able to access the school fund in order for them to um, use it for the amenities that is currently at the school because there is a school fund, but it has been they don't have access to that. But can we can we ask the, the, the members please to to take the, the the numbers that Mr. Lewis has given them to contact him directly? Um, that's fine. Thank because you, I think those are just um, you know those issues. I think it's issues they can be able to talk about um, over the phone. I'm not sure if they did um, take note of the number as well when it was given um, to, to the okay. Mr. Lewis, can you just repeat the number? Number is 082-8244-811. But with your permission, I can quickly respond to Honorable Sukas on the question. The answer, oh, okay. is no. the answer is no, the community cannot access the fund. Yeah, that's why. Why, why Mr. Lewis? The school has been closed. Okay. So um, that is the answer, Ms. Honorable Sukkars. And uh, at this level, then let me thank you very much, um, Acting HOD, Mr. Lewis, and your team um, for being part of this meeting. Uh, like we have said that we are going to to be to ask the department to provide papers on the on this policy um and then we'll be able to engage um on this matter when we are briefed on the on the committee but thank you very much for for coming to the meeting and be able to clarify um and defend your decision if that's what you were doing um and thank you very much um to dbe as well of being part of the meeting. We are closing this part. Um, we are just going to adopt the minutes. Can you take us there, Mr. Brown? Just Chair from my side, thank you very much uh, on behalf of the Western Cape Education Department. And just to put it on record for your meeting, we are more than willing to assist the community with whatever alternative options they have. We, where we can help them, we will do so. 
Why do you think it must be alternative? Well, it's, uh, fine. it's fine, Mr. Lewis, it's fine. Thank you for the understanding, Chair. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you to the committee members as well that joined us in the meeting. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you, everybody from Sikuhat. We appreciate it. God bless. Thank you, Chair. William Dante's Western Dip. Bye-bye to all. Bye-bye, everybody. Okay, let's proceed. Remember, these are the minutes of the of April. Um, 9.30, which one is the attendance? And apologies, page two, the attendance of the department. We opened the meeting and we welcome members back. And um, we reflected on the floods and the agenda was adopted by Honorable Morosetla and seconded by Honorable. Yeah, we handed over to our content advisor to us on the strategic planning. And then we had a construct plan that was presented by Mam Chakwani. And then um, those are our observations. And then we had our, our deliberations on the on the on the in KZN and Eastern Cape and on the other matters as well. And then there were replies. And then we have made resolution. Uh, on the bill, we have made resolutions of the statute and also on the oversight. And then we considered the minutes of the other meeting. And then was the draft report of the committee 2022-2023. And then the draft minutes, we adopted those minutes and the report, and then we adopted the second quarter report as well. And then uh, we adjourned um, we adjourned at 11.47. Any corrections? <coughs> no corrections? Um, can you take us to the resolutions? Just make a reflection on that. Yeah. Um, I just want to reflect on the case that I understand. Members would know that we had made an application as the committee for this oversight visit. And then after that, then there was most special house sitting with the president. Um, there was an appointment in the middle of the ad hoc. So our application was not then because they need to still set the the terms and reference of that actual committee, which I think it's going to be an actual committee that deals with KZN and Eastern Cape floods. So as a committee, what things are now, we are not going to um, we are not going to embark on this oversight till till um, further notice. And on the issues of um, on the issues of um, the international schedule, 
like we've said that we've asked the secretary to revive it. I think they are they are pleased with that. And the, the issues of Pelapel, um, did we get the did we get it, Llewellyn? The final go ahead. Uh, Chairperson, we we have approval, and I, oh. I can share with you the the application with the with the with the papers that we have targeted. But uh, we have approval, and I'm and I'm sure we are more than ready uh, to 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 place as the secretary. We're just waiting for the going from the from the portfolio committee, Chairperson. Okay. Yeah. So looks like things now are in are in perfect order. So probably as the committee, we just need to um to agree on the date of going out for the advert and for how long. Um. <laughs> they wants to be in the study too. Um, I don't know if there are any proposals, or we should probably. Um, the committee should know when, because we have agreed that everything would be um, agreed by the committee. So I don't know if um, Probably we must make a suggestion that we go out for the advert from the 15th of May till 15th of June. So members of the public to to comment. Thank you, Chair. Agree. Yes. Thank you very much, Thank you very much, Honorable Whip. And uh, Honorable Lizia. So members, every member of the committee knows that we are going to put the advert from the 15th of May to 15th of June. Um, and then we will only come back to the issue of the label after those dates when everything has been um, consolidated um, to discuss other than a step that would need to to follow. So the issue of study tour, when it comes back from the Secretariat uh, or WCA, then we are going to, to engage on it. For now, they have not yet um, um, brought it back. So on that note, can I ask members that we adopt the minutes as a true reflection? Can I adopt the minutes? I move to adopt, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Latouas. Sakona? Sakona, are you on a meeting or you just logged on? I'm here, Chair. Sakona, Sakona. Honorable Latouas. Sakona. Sakona. It's 10 past 12. We are attending this meeting till next week, Tuesday. Thank you very much, Honorable Members. Not that there must uh, participation in the international uh, talk. Thank you, Chair. Must be revoked. Thank you. <laughs> Just because I've been in one meeting now, the life must end. <laughs> not, that never, not, not that that never speaks in the meeting with the Western Cape when uh, you have never noticed that. Papa, hi, Papa. He never says anything. He always speaks of collaborative schools. Did you hear him speak once today? Never. Hey, hey. I love you guys. You would never do that today. He already had a caucus with them, so they are, they are putting his position out. <laughs> hey, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mr. Brown, when you do the quotation, please don't forget to include me on that international uh, study tour. Thanks. Include who? Myself. <laughs> yeah, well, now, okay, this is your proposal, isn't it? Yes. That you must do international. Yes, Recording stuff. We must actually be our leader when we go there. No, in fact, I no, no, I think I must, I must even do a program. And then send him. <laughs> yeah, you must assist him, actually. Yeah, Mr. Brown, I'll send you a draft proposal. Right, I'll, I'll wait. We are, we'll wait for your proposal, Honorable Etsy. Yeah? <laughs>
May I end the session for everybody? Yes. Bye, Mr. Brown. Thank you. Bye, bye. <clears throat>